Hi there, I'm Nikki Saunders and you're listening to the Parenting Playbook podcast. Welcome to today's episode of the Parenting Playbook podcast. Today we're going to be looking at parent pressure at Christmas. And crikey, I'm sure any parents out there know about the pressures of Christmas. But before we start, I just want to give you the heads up that I'll be talking a little bit about Santa in this podcast. So if you're listening with your little people, then please press pause and come back to me when little ears aren't listening. For any of you who follow me on social media, you will know the core of my messaging is understanding your reason why for making the decisions you do with your children and how this is fundamentally steeped in all of our childhood experiences. And Christmas is no different. So let's explore this a little bit further. So ask yourself the question, what were your Christmases like when you were a child? Were they something you enjoyed? And if so, ask yourself, What are you repeating and what are you choosing to do differently? For many people, the happy memories were few and far between. And if this is the case, make sure you too acknowledge the changes that you're making for your children. Regardless of what sort of backgrounds we come from, many of us fall into some subconscious traps that we don't even think about. So a simple Christmas example of this might be, were you made to eat sprouts on Christmas Day when you were a child? And if so, do you make your children eat their sprouts or do you recognise that this wasn't something you appreciated and therefore don't expect the same from them? This is just a small example, but a really simple one to see how easy it is for our experiences to influence the decisions we make for our children. When I was a child, I was made to eat sprouts on Christmas Day and I absolutely hated them. And to be honest, I'm not that keen on them today either. So I never made my children eat sprouts. I can see the link and I know why I didn't make them eat them, despite the fact that I know they're healthy and they're good for them. Did I introduce them to them? Yes, I did. But I didn't force them to eat something they didn't like. I mean, let's face it, children's palates really aren't interested in small cabbages. Something else in my childhood that I really disliked was that my dad wouldn't let us open our presents until after dinner. And that was sort of like two, three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, Santa hadn't left our presents, so we knew they were from him and my stepmother. But this was so frustrating as Christmas seemed to take so long to arrive. And then we had to wait even longer until the adults had done their thing before we could enjoy the present opening. This was not something that I wanted to repeat with my children, but that was simply because I didn't like having to wait. And I actually think it was a little bit mean. So these are just a couple of examples of things I didn't repeat with my children, and I consciously chose to do things differently. So let's talk about Santa and Elf on the Shelf, because these can be quite stressful when it comes to do we do we lie to our children, essentially, about these things? Well, with my children, we created the whole magic of Christmas and Santa. And thankfully, Elf on the Shelf wasn't a thing. And I have to say hats off to all of you who do this for your children, because it seems to get more and more complex every year. It is exactly these things that will create magical memories for your children, but they are time consuming. And I'm guessing you have to get super creative. 
But if you've decided it's not something that you want to bring into your traditions, then that's absolutely fine. Do not be pressured by societal expectations. If you choose not to bring the concept of Santa or Elf on the Shelf into your family, then it's really important to communicate this with your children in an open and honest way. Because simply saying that neither come to our house may confuse children and lead them to make up in their own minds why that might be. The tricky part here is being honest with them, but then encouraging them not to share this with their friends, as many families do still want to create the magical concept. This is a big ask for children, but this could be also a great lesson for them in respecting other people's beliefs and opinions. And sometimes it's important for us all to allow others to bask in what they believe and not to spoil their experience. To this day, both of my children will reminisce about the magic, how magical Christmas was when they were children. This takes me to the question on many parents' lips of, isn't it a huge lie that a big hairy man is allowed to come into our homes, yet we're trying to teach our children not to speak to strangers? So how do children make sense of the whole Santa thing? Well, I think the key here is the magical part. Children get the sense that Santa isn't just a bloke down the road who is a bit scary. Santa is magical. Therefore, they are really able to lean into the idea that this is the magic of childhood. But when does the magic of Christmas start to form into my parents aligned to me? This is not what any child needs to think and feel, as this can have negative effects in other areas of life. So it is a fine balance. There is a question as to when to tell children the truth about Santa, and I don't think there is a one size fits all with this dilemma. But my philosophy with children has always been to be as honest with them as age appropriately as possible. This way, it breeds safety, security and respect. But with Santa, I think this can flex a little. No adult who believed in Santa in their childhood says that they wish their parents had told them earlier and that it affected their relationship with their parents because of it. Of course, children will start asking questions, but remember, Santa is magical, so you too don't have all the answers. This enables you also to lean into the magic with them. Before I recorded this podcast, I asked my daughter, who is now 22, what she thought about when she was younger about Santa. Her response was, I only need to watch the Christmas Chronicles and it makes me still believe, which wasn't really very helpful at the age of 22. <laughs> She also said that she was glad that she experienced the magic of Christmas and Santa as it brings back lovely memories. So although there was no one size fits all, I personally don't think that children should be lied to on a day to day basis in life as they're super smart and they will often pick up on a lie. And this can impact the parent child relationship on this one. I'm glad I helped create the magic of Christmas for my children. And they don't think any less of me for doing so. However, only you can decide what is right for your children. So let's get back to the topic in hand. What are you emulating from your childhood? And what are you choosing not to repeat and why? Ask yourself this question, as often this can open the door to some challenges that you may be facing around Christmas, the Christmas period and parenting in general. Sometimes we put things in place which don't complement each other by not being aware of our reason why. So an example of this is if the children are allowed to eat sweets on Christmas Day morning because you were never allowed to, but you have this idea that they should sit and eat a full Christmas dinner because you were expected to, 
the chances are you'll be faced with some resistance from them. If you're going to let them eat sweets in the morning, then maybe lower your expectations about dinner. If, however, them eating Christmas dinner is important to you, then be conscious of the amount of sweets that they are having. This sounds obvious, right? But all of the structure and normal rules tend to go out the window on Christmas Day, so we do need to adapt. So let's move on to family expectations. Now, this can be a challenging time deciding who is hosting Christmas and whether the decisions that are made meet all of the needs of each family member. Again, I'd like you to think about what happened in your childhood home and whether you enjoyed it and are you repeating it? In my childhood home, we had big family dinners and Christmas Day was very adult driven, hence the two or three o'clock in the afternoon opening presents. Whereas I wanted Christmas Day to be, for my children, to be different. So we didn't have big family dinners. And if we did spend the day with extended family, they came to us and we hosted it. And I would always make sure the guests didn't arrive until after midday. This was simply what I wanted for my children, as I believe they wanted to be in their comfy clothes and play with their new toys. And to be honest, I wanted to spend some time playing with them, not prepping for the early arrival of people. But for you, it may be different. What matters is that you are doing what is right for you and your children, not other people. And it is OK to say no. Another thing that many parents experience is financial pressure. Christmas can be an expensive time of the year, but it doesn't have to be. Nobody wants to get into debt at Christmas, but with the ever-growing pressure on kids and parents to have the latest gadget, this can really put pressure on the bank account. Another thing I did with my kids, and remember the internet wasn't a big thing as it as big a thing as it is now, but I used to give them the Argos catalogue and we'd spend time cutting out and sticking what they would like on a piece of paper. Or when, or when they were older, they would make a list. Then I'd ask them to rank in order what it was they wanted the most. We had very little money at the time, but this gave me a really good idea of what would light them up on the day. And that's exactly what I wanted to say, see. They didn't get everything that they wanted on their list, but now they're adults. They probably couldn't tell you what they didn't get, but maybe they could still tell you what they did get. The other thing um, that we did was we got really created, creative for the extended family presence. I remember making T-shirts with the kids for the grandparents. So I'd buy uh, white T-shirts for all of the grandparents and some fabric pens and the kids would create pieces. So they'd do drawings on these T-shirts and these were kept for a lifetime. In fact, when their nan recently passed away, their uncle found the T-shirts in her wardrobe and returned them to them. This is a lovely memory as they remember making them. And it was lovely that she still had them. Did she ever wear it? Um, I doubt it. <laughs> but what I do know is that she will have treasured it. One year we painted mugs with China paint and everybody got a mug. This was a cheap and thoughtful present at a time when we simply couldn't afford to splash out. And the kids remember making them, which is so lovely. One little piece of advice I want to give you is to try and look at Christmas through your children's lens. It's a time when you need to be able to rest and recharge. And that's all your children want you to do as well, because all the time you are there and present, the presents you give them pale into insignificance as your time will be what they remember, not necessarily what they receive. 
So if you're going to invest in the top gifts they want, then set time aside to play with them and enjoy their joy. Think carefully about how you want to look back on Christmas and the memories that you want to make for your children. My childhood memories of Christmas can be summarised in one sentence. It was all about the adults. It's the, it was the adult parties, adult dinners and adult drinking. As a, chi a child, I found little joy in these things, but I see that it was just part of the generation that I was born into. I'm pleased to say that I did Christmas in a very different way for my children. So remember your reason why and you do exactly what is right for your family and most of all, enjoy it. Have a wonderful holiday and I'll look forward to speaking to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you know anybody that may enjoy listening to this podcast, please like and share it and also feel free to leave me a review. Also, if there are any topics that you would like me to cover in the future episodes, then drop me a message and I'll be sure to make it happen. For more hints and tips on your parenting journey, please follow me on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. Bye for now.